You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five Reasons Podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here as always with Chris Winningham. Now that you've found us, make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast provider. Get all of our old episodes. We're about 193 right now, I think, or something close to that, right? I'm very yeah. close. Yeah, I think, to, I think uh, today is 193. One, 193, very close to 200. So we've got a bunch of episodes, and a lot of them still apply, actually. You know, some of them were tied to the events of the moment, but some of them heat stories episodes, um, other episodes where we took a longer view of things. Uh, certainly worth catching up to. Also, check out our website, fivereasonssports.com. That's spelled out, not like our Twitter address. It's five, F-I-V-E, reasonssports.com. New pieces up there today, one from Alex Toledo of Miami Heat Beat on Goran Dragic. Also, our Adam Smoot of Ballscast pissed a bunch of people off by picking apart the Avengers, so make sure you check that out as well. We do culture there as well as sports. All right, we're going to stay with Josh Rosen today a little bit, kind of. We'll deviate somewhat from what we've been doing of late, but we're going to talk quarterbacks as it relates to the Dolphins, and this was actually a piece I was thinking of writing for FiveReasonsSports.com. I figured let's hash it out here on a podcast and decide whether or not it's worth writing for the site, which is this question, Chris, um, when we've talked to Chris Kaufman, C.K. Parrott from Three Yards Per Carry, Alfredo Artiega, Uptown Report, Simon Clancy, and others, their big concern about the Dolphins this year, and I know you share this concern, is that they win too many games, that either Ryan Fitzpatrick or now Josh Rosen is too good to tank, um, that you're not going to end up in a situation where you win only two or three games, and therefore you take yourself out of the Tua from Herbert sweepstakes and all the other quarterbacks that are going to be available. So what we're going to break down today is a little bit unconventional is which teams have a chance to be worse than the Dolphins. Um, who could potentially move ahead of them, or I should say behind them uh, so that they get a higher draft pick and also which of those teams and which other teams need quarterbacks. So we're going to break this down a few different ways, Chris, and I think we're going to start with just the teams that could potentially be in the bottom five of the league, which means the top five of the draft. So before we get into other teams that may need quarterbacks, let's look at some teams. And which teams have you identified that could be that bad? So I, I'm going sort of in reverse order by the Super Bowl odds um, from our uh, friends over at BetDSI.com. Uh, and uh, you look at the bottom of that the, those rankings, uh, the Dolphins are 94-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, which seems like odds that are, frankly, too lenient in their direction. Uh, but there are only two teams with worse odds than them, and they are the Buffalo Bills, who are 100-1 uh, uh, to 1, uh, to win the Super Bowl. Um, and then uh, you have Washington, who are 100-1 uh, to 1 as well to win the Super Bowl. So they're the only two teams with worse odds. And you look at their recent draft history, it's... 
first round pick a year ago for Washington. It's first round pick this year, and the guy that Daniel Snyder seems to re- seems to be really in on. And that, by the way, is something that I think we should cover a fair bit on this podcast. Is not just which teams do we believe to have quarterbacks? It's which teams have owners that would think that they need to change at quarterback? Because I I do think that Daniel Snyder backing uh, Dwayne Haskins is a big deal in considering what Washington is going to do. I would imagine Arizona's owner was consulted on that decision. Maybe he wanted Kyler Murray along with the rest of that uh, front office. Because you you read some of these stories and, and you realize how big of a of a decision factor the owners are as as it is in this case as it is with Stephen Ross and the Miami Dolphins he clearly has been telling people he wants Tua he wants Tua and so I'm I'm kind of curious how how that plays out but you look at the teams uh, below them Buffalo I mean uh, unless Josh Allen is a catastrophe uh, unless Washington with Dwayne Haskins is a complete disaster I would say the Giants are probably in this conversation as well uh, given what they just did in the draft but if Gettleman's still the GM in a year's time I don't think that he you know after particularly as publicly as he's defended this that he's going to go back and and draft Daniel Jones's replacement the next year so um, there are a few teams that I would say are are, are clear-cut favorites to pit Miami for for this pick. I would put Tampa uh, pretty high up there because I think Bruce Arians was brought in uh, to fix Jameis. But if it doesn't work out in a year, you'd imagine they're looking. I'd imagine Oakland. Can you imagine if they ended up with a number one pick uh, a year in which they're moving into their Vegas stadium? I'd imagine they'd very much like the idea of uh, being able to pull that off. Cincinnati as well, just because they've been on the Andy Dalton thing for a long time. Um, maybe Tennessee, if it goes poorly with Marcus Mariota, I can't see them being that bad. Uh, but I would say right now, Tampa, Oakland, um, maybe even Denver if it goes that poorly, but I, I don't think it will. Uh, Oakland, Tampa, Detroit, and Cincinnati, just because they've been on the roller coaster with their quarterback for so long that I think you can convince yourself to get off it at this point. Yeah, I don't know about Detroit. I, I, I don't know if they're going to get off the Stafford train anytime soon. And, I mean, and, and I, prote- his contract is very prohibitive in this regard. So uh, if they wanted to do it next year, they'd have to, he, his dead cap figure is $26 million. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think it would have to be another year if, if they wanted to do that. Maybe they're in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, but not the Tua. Yeah. I mean, let's go look. I think one of the things we need to take into account is that Vegas isn't always right. And mm-hmm. also, you know, the NFL, we see division winners flip every single year, except the AFC East, right? Like, the, I mean, the rest <laughs> of them, I mean, they, they all change. I mean, Jacksonville, I mean, look at this past year. Jacksonville mm-hmm. went from first to last. Um, that happens all the time. I mean, who had Baltimore projected ahead of Pittsburgh uh, in the AFC North this year necessarily? Um, you look at some of the other, you know, divisions. I mean, again, uh, I think people thought the Giants would would struggle, but Philadelphia was projected to win the NFC East. They did not. Um, and, and the Bears, I mean, who picked the Bears in a division with Aaron Rodgers and the Vikings, right? The Vikings, I think their number before the year was 10 and a half. They went eight, seven, and one. Who projected that the Bears and Trubisky's like first full season would win 12 games? And um, even New so, Orleans, who, who we kind of implicitly trust, they've gone through some pretty yes. significant up and downs. I don't, I don't know if there was a great deal of confidence. They, they, they had gone 11 and five a year, uh, the, the year before, but I don't know if there was quite this confidence that they would go uh, 13 and one in their final four, 14 games. 
Yeah, well, and look at Atlanta. Like every year, it seems like Atlanta either wins eleven or twelve, or they win seven. Uh, they they won seven this past year. So I, I think it is one way to do it to look at Vegas. And I'll be out there this week, and I'll check it out myself um, to see where everything stands. And maybe I'll place a bet on the Dolphins at the over. Who knows? Um, but because I keep placing bets on the over on South Florida sports teams, and I think I've lost every one. Uh, the Panthers, <laughs> the Panthers, I went over. The Heat, I went over forty-two and a half. And they didn't get there. The Dolphins, I won, actually. Actually, the Dolphins were six and a half, and they got to seven. Yeah. So I did win that one. Thank you. Adam Gase is a genius. I always said that. Uh, He's but, the only coach that's won you money. Uh, right. He's the only coach who won me money. It's terrific. And he ended up getting another job in New York. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think looking at Vegas is one way to do this. Um, but, but the team's changed so dramatically. So I actually – my approach is more to look at the quarterback situation because – you don't necessarily have to be drafting first or second or in the first or second slot to be able to get up to first or second, right? I mean, you could get up there from somewhere else. Now, I would assume the team that's picking first is going to take Tua, but there are potential circumstances, as you said, of teams that have committed in some way to a quarterback that even if they pick first may not want to take the guy. It may not be like Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray where, you know, they had committed to Josh Rosen, but kind of still had the GM, but didn't have the same head coach changed out the whole rest of the coaching staff. And so they decided to replace him. And they had a guy in Kingsbury they were bringing in who was basically brought in to coach Kyler Murray to a large degree. Um, I don't know that that necessarily happens next year. And so I almost look at it more from the quarterback perspective, right? So you, you've, you've gone through a lot of this. Um, let's look at what teams would take a quarterback like that if they could, right? So AFC East, New England, if Belichick got up to number one, he'd probably take Tua. That's my guess. I think Nick <laughs> Can we probably go ahead and safely project idea. that New England's not going to be there? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. But maybe they could trade their draft assets for the next 12 years. Who knows? I mean, how many draft picks have they accumulated? Like what the Dolphins are doing now is what New England's always done all these years where they get all these extra picks. But yeah, we're going to assume Two is not going to be the successor to Brady, right? Probably not going to happen. It looks like it might be Jared Stidham. We'll see. Um, unless Brady plays another 10 years, and then you've got to trade Stidham for a second-round pick at some stage after he fills in for Brady for one game because Brady gets suspended by the commissioner or something. All right. Uh, Buffalo, as you mentioned, Josh Allen. I, I think the only way that they would walk away from Josh Allen is if the, the whole front office turns over again, which has happened many times in, in Buffalo over the past few years. It's possible that after two years, they could look at Josh Allen and say, Say he's just not accurate enough, right? I mean, that, I mean, he he did other things last year. He destroyed the Dolphins with his legs, but there was a lot of you know dispute about Josh Allen before the draft, more so than any of the other quarterbacks, more so than Josh Rosen. To be honest, there was more of a consensus about Josh Rosen. Maybe people didn't think his upside would be as high as Josh Allen's, but there was more of a consensus that he was an NFL quarterback than there was about Josh Allen. It's possible if Buffalo gets to number one and or number two or somewhere in there. That they, that whoever it is that's running the show up there, maybe McDermott's not the coach anymore, you know, decides Josh Allen is the guy. So I think that's possible. The Jets, I, I feel, uh, am I wrong about this? I feel like they're more committed to their guy, to Darnold, than maybe the Bills are to Allen. Is that is that wrong? Yeah, I think because you have the examples of him playing well passing in games that you just don't have from Josh Allen in year one. I mean, all the games where he was spectacular were games that he ran. He ran for 100 yards in multiple games last year, including against Miami, and those were impressive displays, but you can genuinely see, and I think Baltimore would be kind of in this category as well, because Lamar Jackson, again, they're going to win enough games that they're not going to be in this conversation, but Lamar Jackson did so little to impress you with his arm, it was all with his legs, that 
you might consider, oh, that, th- this is not a sustainable model for success. So yeah, I think with Adam Gates now taking over um, and and probably like and probably taking the job at least in part because he wants to do something with Sam Darnold, we definitely know he will be headstrong about quarterbacks. Um, but at the same time, I think because you've seen Sam Darnold do it through the air, um, that leads you to believe that they have more confidence in making Darnold work. But again, I do think all these things do kind of go out the window. If you're picking one, that means it was such a disaster or the player right. got hurt in a significant way uh, that it, it wrecked your season. So either way, um, I, I do think that it's possible. Again, we just saw it with Josh Rosen for a prospect that we do not believe to be nearly as good as Tua Tungavailoa and Kyler Murray that they'll, they'll, they can make that switch in a year um, if, if they're convinced enough about the guy at number one. But I, I do think that in terms of if you're saying solidity in their thoughts, I would say definitely Darnell over Allen at this point. All right, so a- AFC North, uh, you mentioned Baltimore. Uh, if they got to number one, I do think they would absolutely consider it. I, I don't know that they're committed in any way to Lamar Jackson other than, you know, the fact that he outplayed Flacco last year and they started to win with him. Like you said, I mean, he didn't, he didn't do much, uh, you know, with his arm at all. And we saw in the playoff game where the first three quarters, I mean, he was horrific. Now the fourth quarter, he made some plays um, and, and, you know, and I don't like giving up on a guy that early, you know, just cause we don't see all of it, but there were reasons Lamar Jackson slipped and, you know, some of those issues with, with accuracy and some of the other things that he might deal with throwing. We'll see if that changes. But in the AFC North, you know, they just gave Roethlisberger two more years. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, do, I don't see, although I think at some point, like you, you keep hemorrhaging talent, like the Steelers hemorrhage talent. At some point, it has to affect you, right? And so I don't know how good they're going to be this year. They've always regenerated, though. They've always no, regenerated. No, they, they, they have. But if they lost two guys, and I know they didn't have Bell last year, and they, and they obviously got, you know, had a really good season from Connor filling in. Anyway, and he, you know, he, he reproduced a lot of Bell's yardage. But if they lost two guys like that in the same offseason, like, yes, they've lost a ton of guys. Okay, Joey Porter to Miami, Mike Wallace to Miami, Lawrence Timmons to Miami. Uh, a, lo- a lot of different players they've lost over the years to different teams. Seems like a lot of them are Miami, and none of them worked out here except for Joey Porter for one year. But I, I don't know. It feels like a lot. And, but I I always say that Mike Tomlin figures out a way to to win nine or ten games or eleven games, and then the fans still kill him anyway for some decision. But I I don't think Pittsburgh's gonna be in that position. If Cleveland's in that position, some I mean Baker got hurt, right? Yeah. Like I mean that's the only way. I mean the only way that they would draft Tua number one overall is if Baker had a career-ending injury because they're not mm-hmm. gonna be worse than the draft. I mean. I think they're an 11 win team this year. I agree. They're not going to be, they're, they're not going to be the, the worst team in the league. And again, if they are, it's only because Baker's hurt since he's the interesting one. Um, it's a totally different regime. Finally. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Mike Brown's still there, but Marvin controlled things for 15 years and Dalton has had, I mean, Dalton is the new Tannehill, right? Like Without he question. is right. I mean, he's, exceedingly average and, okay and the only actually, difference and, is he's and, made and, the playoffs and right now in his contract he's actually on a debt-free contract so if right. if, if they wanted to cut him they can cut him for nothing um uh, now I, I, i'd imagine maybe they, they'd restructure i don't know if they'd restructure because they might be in a good cap position but he's in the sixth year or i'm sorry the, the fifth year of a six-year extension and he doesn't have any more bonuses or anything like that left so um that that contract is paid for so i think cincinnati is probably uh, but the, the the thing for me is that they're too good they have too good of a roster last year when dalton got hurt their their season tailspin but if he's healthy 
Um, I think he's too good, and if A.J. Green stays healthy, they're definitely too good to be this bad. Like, A.J. Green would have to get hurt again, which is definitely possible. He's, he's had a lot of injury-plagued seasons, but um, to be as bad as we're talking about, um, I, I think Cincinnati has too many good players to do that. Yeah, but we keep saying that, and mm-hmm. do they still? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean they, they have, right? But mm-hmm. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I look at the roster now, and it's it's not the same roster that it was. I mean, it, they. I mean, they had you know some dominant players on defense. Uh, whether you know, wh- and, you know, and obviously AJ Green's terrific, but I, I don't know. I don't feel like it's the same uh, quality that they've had in past years. Like I, they could bottom out. Like the, when that thing fell apart last year, it really fell apart. Yeah, Plus, they hired a head coach with like virtually no experience. And I don't understand what his pedigree is. I mean, when he was here with Miami, I didn't think, I mean, who thought much of Zach Taylor? Like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it was to me, that was, there were some weird hires this off season, that one, like they identified him early and like went straight for him. And I didn't really completely understand. And waited for him too. waited for him for, right. to, you know, to, to be done with the, with the Super Bowl, um and, the, and then bring him in. Uh, when, when I point to their talent, I'm mainly pointing to Joe Mixon, who I think is really solid at running back. Um, AJ Green, who I think is who might be the player, the non-quarterback in the league that most swings his team. When AJ yeah. Green is healthy, Cincinnati is really good, and when he doesn't, they are horrific. And their quarterback is horrific when he doesn't play. And then Geno Atkins up front, like I think a, a defense that has Geno Atkins in it uh, is is enough to sustain. I don't. I, I'll be honest, I don't know. I don't know a ton about their their other talent. I mean, they still have Dre Kirkpatrick out there. They have Carlos Dunlap, but um, but I, I think I think Geno Atkins is. Is, uh, is is a good enough defensive player to justify Cincinnati as a good defensive team and a decent roster. We'll get back to today's episode in a second, but first I want to tell you about one of our new sponsors here in the 5 Reasons Sports Network, and that is the attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg. Find them at onecalllegal.com. That's O-N-E, calllegal.com, or actually call 855 855- 5,000 Law, L-A-W. They handle cases including but not limited to car accidents, slip and falls, and any personal injury matters. Additionally, if you mention five reasons, they will handle your traffic ticket for $44.99 with a new 15,000 square foot office opening on I-95 in North Miami. They will handle cases all over South Florida. Call now with 24-7 service for a free consultation. One, call legal.com or 855-5000-LAW. The attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg, a proud sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, let's look at the AFC AFC South. Uh, Houston's not going to be that bad, and and they're not looking to replace their quarterback. The same with the Colts. I mean, unless Luck had a career-ending injury. Um, you know, Tennessee's interesting. I, I a lot of people think they had a really good draft. Actually, um, they they've got our boy Tannehill now, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know how committed they are to Mariota. I, I really don't. Um, I it, it's he seems to struggle to stay healthy. I mean, that's been a consistent theme with him. You, you see it from him some games and then not in others. Like, it would not surprise me at all if Ryan ends up starting close to half the games this season, either due to injury or performance. And and so, but I just, I don't see them dropping that far. Jacksonville's another one. I mean, it, Nick Foles, who, uh, you know, I have enormous respect for what he did in Philadelphia. Uh, but he's had a couple of opportunities in other places, and it hasn't worked out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it feels a little Case Keenum to me. Like, kind of what happened where... Case Keenan went to Denver and it was like, hmm, maybe he's not the guy he was in Minnesota. Um, 
Could the Jags be that bad? Because I didn't think they could be an 11 loss team last year with that defense. I know they had a lot of injuries, but could they be bad enough to get in the bottom three or four? I would say it's possible offensively and particularly in the passing game because um, they don't have any receivers. I mean, you look at their receiving depth chart; it is threadbare. There's nobody on that nobody on that team. They're 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 too deep. Is Dede Westbrook, Marquise Lee, Chris Conley, and DJ Clark, Keelan Cole, who is a player that you heard of for like one fantasy game. They don't have any any talent at that receiver position. Um, they're 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 trying to make do a tight end. I mean, it's really only Leonard Fournette. They could have an appalling offense again. Again, I I just think that from from a defensive standpoint, I know they went five and eleven this past year, but. I think Blake Bortles was bad enough. I mean, they only scored 245 points last year. I mean, that is an appalling figure and still had uh, – they're the second-worst offense in the NFL ahead of only Arizona. Um, they still had the fifth-best defense by points allowed last year. Their defense is still really good, um, and I think the upgrade from Foles to, from Foles to Bortles uh, can be enough that they at least become a below-average offense. Like, a below-average offense – would be good enough to get that team to seven or eight wins with as good as that defense is. Now, the one thing that could happen um, is that you did start to see signs that as impenetrable as that defense was uh, in 2017, um, there there were some holes, there were some opportunities, and some of that is probably just you're going to put that defense out out on the field enough, and they're going to give up points just because how could you possibly snuff out an you know opposition for 13 possessions a game? But at the same time, there were some holes there. Um, and, and you do see that defensive cores are difficult to sustain um, because, you know, bodies break and, and it, it's just not the same in year three as it is in year one. But at the same time, I, I just think that the upgrade, like they still upgraded at quarterback. Even if you think uh, that, that, you know, Case Keenum going to Denver and we've seen a few, I mean, Sam Bradford going to Arizona uh, again, you know, Sam Bradford getting contracts, but I still think that even as bad as Foles has been at times in regular seasons with Los Angeles, although, let's be honest, Jeff Fisher was his coach, um, as, as bad as he was at times in Los Angeles, even as bad as he was at times in Philly uh, when, when he was given the full-time starter's job, it's enough of an upgrade for me over Bortles, who for me is a terrible quarterback, that I think they can upgrade uh, from where they were at 5-11. and 11. I, I don't consider them as, as a downward team. All right, let's look at the, uh, at the AFC West here. I'll skip over the Chiefs. Uh, let's skip over the Chargers. Let, let's skip over the Chargers too. Although obviously, look, they need to find a replacement for Rivers, but it's it's not going to be Tua. I mean, that that's a that's a really good team, and I I think they got better this off season. So they're not going to be in that position, and and I don't think they're going to have the ammunition to move up. You mentioned Denver. I, I think the teams in this division are interesting. Um, you know, Denver. I, I mean, John Elway. Uh, this whole thing about him being a quarterback guru. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's been ugly. I mean, yep. the Paxton Lynch drafting. I mean, I'm not going to blame him for for Trevor Simeon. I mean, that was a late round pick. I mean, they took a flyer on him. Uh, but the Osweiler thing, which well, thankfully they didn't pay him. Um, you know, Manning, obviously they got out of him what they could. And then and he broke down his last season, but they still won the Super Bowl. But the Keenum thing did not work out. Um, now they've gone a totally different direction this year. Their defense, uh, you know, you talk about a defense. I, I feel like what happened to them is kind of what happened to to Jacksonville, where I mean, they still have really good players in that defense. It's not as deep as it was before, but I just think they broke down last year because it, it just got to the point where, uh, you know, I mean, first thing, you know, obviously, I don't think Vance Joseph did a great job out there, but you know, they were they were minus twenty point differential, so they were actually uh, closer to an eight and eight team than the six and ten that they finished. You know, losing their last four games of the season they, they were actually in the playoff race at one point but I, I don't know I, I feel like they've lost a lot of guys he still hasn't solved the quarterback situation he clearly would take 
you know, a top guy if he got into the top five or six. So I do think they're a threat to the Dolphins. Uh, again, though, I, I do think that they upgraded a quarterback. Like, and as, as bad as Joe Flacco was at times last year, and look, you might just be done. I mean, it's entirely possible. Um, but uh, I don't think they'd have too much issue uh, getting off of his contract if they absolutely had to. Um, and I, I think that Joe Flacco um, is a, is an eminently replaceable quarterback. Um, I, I will say, though, they did just trade up to go get Drew Locke in this draft. Um, so Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent health care provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. I, I think that he's a quarterback that maybe could be considered that guy. But again, if he shows no signs and if they're terrible, I absolutely think, I mean, the, the question is, do you think they can be that level of terrible? And I, I wouldn't necessarily rule it out. They obviously had a down year a year ago, though their point differential, we talk about point differential all year long, just compare this with the Dolphins. So Denver goes 6-10 and 10, has a point differential of minus 20. The Dolphins go 7-9 and nine and have a point differential of minus 114. So they almost had about 100 points points worth of point difference separating them yet Miami finishes with a better record so if you're going off of that and maybe Joe Flacco offering uh the proposition of improvement improvement um maybe that regresses to the mean uh, a year from now and and I think that uh Denver could potentially be due for an up year just by virtue of that figure maybe the quarterback uh, is that difference in them being eight and eight as opposed to I mean that that that's the point differential of an eight and eight team um and so maybe they maybe they improve but I think Denver has a has a possibility to go on the slide. The one thing though is that you definitely know that Joe John El or John Elway does not think that way. He does not think about you know taking steps back. He's 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 a constantly win now uh, type of general manager. So I, I would not anticipate um, that that Denver will be hoping for this to happen. Maybe the upgrade in coaching, but I I. I generally think that Denver is not a terribly impressive team at the moment. Yeah, I don't think they are either, and neither is Oakland. <laughs> and, right. Uh, you know, I mean, you talk about point differential, minus 177 last year. Oof. I mean, they, they, they should have been worse than 4-12. and 12. And, you know, they had a ton of picks this year, and so they've accumulated, you know, a lot more players, and he's building the base up there. Um, but it does n- it's never felt like John Gruden really wanted Derek Carr. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, it just, it doesn't feel kind of like that's a marriage that's going to last. Um, the only thing with Gruden is that he typically likes veteran guys anyway. Like I, I thought one of the great myths with Gruden is that, you know, he, you know, the whole quarterback school thing that like he was going to develop a quarterback. What quarterback has John Gruden developed other than Brett Favre? And I was, did he develop Brett Favre? In Green Bay, or, or was he Favre on the staff? As, yeah, was he on the staff as as far as was being developed by maybe other coaches, right, or himself, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, Brett, Brett Favre is not the most mechanically sound quarterback who's ever played, right? He mm-hmm. was, 
I mean, he was a gunslinger, essentially. I mean, he was, you know, he, he was not, he's not Rogers. Okay. In terms of the way that he approached the position, he was great, but he was a different kind of great. I, I just, I, you know, so that's, that's the question I have is like, of course, Gruden would take Tua. Um, Mike Mayock is there now too. And obviously Mayock is a draft guy. Um, I, I don't know that he's spoken publicly about two or any other quarterbacks like he used to when he was working for NFL network, but I, Oakland is a threat to Miami. There's no question. Right. Um, I, Especially they, I'm, I'm looking right now. Um, I just went to their website just to see, you know, where they are in their projected date. They're due to open that stadium in 2020. Um, and I'm looking at, at, at a picture of it now. I mean, a lot of the, the, the architecture has gone up and it, that construction is well underway. Can you imagine a billboard in Vegas? Come watch Tua um, oh, with yeah. Antonio Brown. Um, I mean, I, I guess the, the one thing that probably takes them out of this conversation would be they just drafted three players in the first round, although obviously they took some criticism over their choices. Um, but they just took three players in the first round. They traded for Antonio Brown. Um, are, are, do we think this is a team that's not going to improve? Um, so, but I, if there's but they a team... have so far to go, though. That's sure. The th- I mean, I mean, I mean, look, I mean, they gave up 467 points last year. Um, <laughs> I think you I know, think that's I mean, worse than the league. If it's not worse, then it's close. It's you well, know, they, I think it's 12 points worse than Cincinnati. It's worse than the Jets. It's it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's only it's, yeah. It's it's worse than the league. And uh, Tampa was second worst at 464. But uh, but yeah, they 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 give it the most points in the league last year. Yeah, is so uh, they're a definite threat. So I think we come out of the AFC and we say just on paper, and so much of this changes. But but I think it's it's Oakland one and Cincinnati two. They're they're uh, they're, 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 they're they're trying to sell personal seat licenses. They're trying to do a lot of things that that they need in order to make this. I mean, Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, is not a very rich man, uh, which is seems absurd to say. Um, but he's putting a lot of money into the stadium, uh, getting a lot of it financed. He needs this to work. And if you can put Tua and Antonio Brown on a billboard in Las Vegas, that will work. Uh, and and I think fr- just from a you know opening up a stadium and and trying to start a new project in a new city. I can't think of a better way than Tua in 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 Las Vegas to really get that thing going. I, I'm I'm now I, in in talking through this. I'm now most most fearful of the Raiders. Actually, we'll get back to our episode here in a second. But first, I want to tell you about a great new sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is ShipYourCarNow.com. These guys can move any car, boat, RV, motorcycle, or equipment anywhere you need worldwide. You have a business and need to ship freight or machinery, call them. College moves, new car, used car, buying the toy you've looked at for a while, call them. These guys can ship it all, so give them a call. Here's the number, 1-800-264-4644. That's 1-800-264-4644, or visit shipyourcarnow.com backslash five reasons. Also, make sure to mention five reasons on the phone. I wish, look, I wish they'd, I, they'd had this. When I was going to college, this would have been great for me. I needed to get my car down from Baltimore to Florida. I ended up taking the auto train. You don't want to take the auto train. Ship your car, fly. No job too big or too small. Ship your car now moves it all. I don't think it's Dallas. Uh, I just, I don't think that, I mean, there's too much talent on that team still to completely bottom out. I mean, unless Ezekiel Elliott misses the whole season, I think they would replace Dak Prescott. I I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't see them as long-term committed to Prescott. I, you know, I know, you know, Cowboy fans are split on him still. Mm -hmm. Of course, Cowboy fans were split on Romo also. And, you know, I, I think 
a lot of them would take Tony back now and, and appreciate him a little bit more. Uh, Philadelphia is not going to be that bad. Too much talent on that roster. I mean, they, you know, with all, I mean, that was the most beat up team for all the Adam Gase complained last year. Philadelphia was the most beat up team in the league. They still won nine games. And, you know, provided that Wentz is reasonably healthy, it's not going to happen. Um, you know, Washington and the Giants, you mentioned both. If, if Daniel Jones is awful this year, remember, everything accelerates in New York, right? Sure. Um, and so if Daniel Jones is awful, then Gettleman could get bounced. And if that happens and they win three games, you think a new general manager in New York is not going to take one of these premium calls? Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, could right. happen fast I, enough. You talk about you know billboards to uh, in New York. I mean, yeah, I, it, no, I mean that that would absolutely happen. So I, so the Giants are a threat. Uh, even uh, the Daniel Jones thing means nothing to me. They, they they're still a threat. Um, the Redskins are a threat, but I I don't know. I mean, look, Alex Smith gave them competent quarterback play last year, and they won seven. That's not a terrible. It's really not a terrible defensive roster though. They're they're mm-hmm. pretty good defensively, which is going to keep them in a lot of games. I, I I can see them as a five and eleven. Um, you know, again, but they just drafted Haskins. Dan Snyder always goes for the biggest guy. Um, so they probably would take him, but I don't think they're going to be bad enough. Um, and NFC North. Chicago's not going to be bad enough. Minnesota's not going to be bad enough. That that's a really talented roster. I thought they underachieved last year uh, at eight, seven, and one. And obviously, they've got a ton of money tied up in. Yeah, I Kirk mean, Cousin. that's that's a fully guaranteed contract for this season and next season. I I mean, how could you not possibly happening. get rid of that? Not not happening. Green Bay. Uh, the only way it happens is if um, if Aaron you know gets hurt in game one, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's it. And which then... could very well happen. I mean, it it could be the Peyton Manning season. Uh, I will say, though, I, I believe Green Bay either did or is in the process of giving him a pretty significant contract extension. So I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd imagine you could find a trade partner for Aaron Rodgers if he, if he has a season-ending injury in week one, but uh, that would probably be very difficult to pull off. Um, and, and maybe you draft him as the replacement and give him give him to a, the Aaron Rodgers treatment. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's well within the realm of possibilities that, that there's a season-ending injury for Rodgers and they take him at one. Yeah, but it has to be in the first three or four games because Aaron's going to win you a couple games oh, and take course, you out yeah. of that. It's Detroit, you mentioned. Uh, Detroit, you mentioned. I mean, Stafford... <laughs> It's, you know, they've been riding this train. I didn't realize they were six and 10 last year. I thought they were a little better than that. I, I feel like they've been eight and eight, nine and seven forever. Um, would they probably, I mean, how many years has Stafford been there now? He's got to be like, I mean, in terms of, I, he's obviously not Rivers or Brady or Roethlisberger tenure, but he's there with Andy Dalton, isn't he? He's been there Close since 09. It. Yeah. He's been there. This is his 11th season with the Detroit Lions. I mean, that's a ludicrous amount of football that has produced little to no winning. I mean, it is, it's, I mean, Matthew Stafford is the Marvin Lewis of quarterbacks just there all the time, despite never winning a single thing and never even again, this is the measurement and and people get on me about this when it comes to the heat that I, you know, I don't enjoy the games enough. And look, I I think I will, I I will admit that I enjoyed the games more than I thought I would, but for me, you measure a team's sort of position in the marketplace as do they go into the season with a chance of winning the championship? And Detroit, with Matthew Stafford at quarterback, has never felt going into a year that they could win the championship. And uh, to me, it's incredible that they're entering their 11th season with this quarterback without ever feeling that way, and they keep again and again renewing and signing up for it. Um, I, I think that, again, I said earlier that the contract is tricky, um, but this could be a team on the slide, and maybe they just eat that contract to figure out a way to trade it or, or, or do something with it. But I, I think that if Detroit uh, was bad enough, and I think that they could be, I, P- Patricia has definitely shown signs 
that he is he's a difficult character to work with that he could be a McDaniels you know season and a half and flame out um, but uh, but I, I think I think Detroit is in this conversation the Stafford contract though would probably be the only thing that would give me heart as a Dolphins fan uh, looking at them as, as as the prospect of getting that number one pick how much better has Matthew Stafford been than Ryan Tannehill was um, I would say on the high end of Matthew Stafford when he was putting up the seasons with Calvin Johnson I mean, his numbers in some of those seasons are absurd. Um, they, they just never had a team that, or even when it, it, it got time for him to win games, it never really felt. I mean, but he had a 5,000-yard season with 41 touchdowns in his third year. Um, the, 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 the following season, 40, uh, 4,967. I mean, at his high end, when he was, you know, working with Calvin Johnson, they put up numbers. Like, he was a great fantasy quarterback. Um, but, again, you just never really felt going into year that you were going to win with him in, in a big way. But um, I, I do think at the high end, in terms of the production um, and in terms of the excitement, I think it's probably been better. But in terms of overall winning, um, I, I don't think it's that big of a difference. If, on his career, Matt Stafford as a quarterback is 66 and 75. Uh, and even including uh, the fact that he went 3 and 10 in his first uh, uh, two seasons had a four and twelve season in his fourth. Um, the 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 last few years have been hovering right around five hundred. He is pretty Tannehilly, especially in these last few years, as he's been kind of taken out of that risk taking mode by Jim Bob Cooter. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. But first, we've had a lot of inquiries about how you can contribute to the Five Reasons Sports Network other than just giving us money, which we'll certainly take, or being a podcaster, and I have too many bad ones already. So here's <laughs> an idea if you want to get involved with us, and it goes beyond our new website, fivereasonsports.com. We are looking for sales representatives. Why? Because we have a lot to sell. We sell ads on our podcasts. We sell ads on social media. We also are selling sponsorships and banner ads on our website. So we got a ton of inventory to sell. We are credentialed with all five teams down here. We're fully established and we just want somebody who can go out into the community and sell that product, sell Miami sports by Miami for Miami to the South Florida community. So if you want to get involved, here's two ways that you can contact us. One is by going to Skolnick at five reasonsports.com. And the other way is going to Jorge J O R G E at FiveReasonsSports.com. Reach out one of those two ways, and we will get back in touch with you and tell you how you can help and how you can make money. All right, let's go to the NFC South. Um, the Saints won't be bad enough. Just it's not going to happen. Too yeah. much talent. And I mean, although I mean, if if Breeze again, it, that's a day one injury where if Breeze, it just this is the year that that it all collapses. Um, yeah, but yeah, but they have a backup that's just okay, right? Like, I mean, Bridgewater. Is, uh, I mean, are they, they're going to go three and thirteen with Bridgewater with that roster. Yeah, that roster so. and that coaching staff and that system. It would be hard. I, it would be I, hard I to fathom. I don't think so. Atlanta, same thing. I mean, I you know, and and I don't think they're looking to replace Matt Ryan in the next couple of years. Um, Carolina, I know how controversial Cam is, but that's also a pretty good roster. Mm -hmm. I I don't think they're looking to they're replace him. They're so, too good. You, you, you you identified Tampa. I, I I think there's a real possibility there. I I think the thing about Bruce Arians is Bruce Arians has the credibility to be able to say, yeah, I tried with Jameis, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. Um, in, in a way that Adam Gase did not with Ryan Tannehill, right? Especially like, when he took the job under the auspices of I'm taking this job so I can work with Jameis. So if that's the narrative you create at the beginning, when you decide to abandon ship in a year's time, you have the credibility of having said that. Right. And so it's, yeah, I, I really think there's a real possibility here that, that they give up on Jameis. I mean, you know, they took Fitzpatrick out of the way this year. They've handed the job back to Jameis. And if they're bad again, 
Um, now they they put up a ton of points last yeah. year. I mean, that really wasn't the problem, right? They they put up almost 400 points and they couldn't they couldn't defend at all. It was it was, it was more that they turned the ball over too much too. I think I think that 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 plays a big role. And but the thing is that Bruce Arians doesn't discourage turnovers. He's also right. he's kind of the most in a league of coaches where they think that their job is to engineer quarterback play out of minimizing risk. Uh, Bruce Arians is exactly the opposite. And so I think Jameis Winston is probably going to throw a similar number of interceptions. He might. And so I, I would put them in the mix there too. All right, go to the NFC West, uh, not Rams, um, not Seahawks. I, I feel like that Russell Wilson contract kind of takes them out of the running uh, for, sure. for Tua. Uh, so we get, we got the other two teams. It's not going to be Arizona. I don't think they would do it again. Would they I mean, like if, they, <laughs> if they, 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 I mean, they could, I mean, theoretically they could blow out their front office, right? I mean, if they, if it goes that poorly, but um, it would have to be a real disaster for Kime and Kingsbury to be blown out after one year, and you're doing this again at the top of the draft uh, with the quarterback. But I mean, if Kyler Murray at five foot ten, you know, doesn't work, and it's a it's a train wreck, you can see it. And I don't think you would entirely fault Arizona, particularly having blown out the coaching staff in the front office. Um, but I really like Kyler Murray. I think he's going to be good, and I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to figure out a way uh, to, to make that work offensively and doesn't have to worry about the defense like he did at Texas Tech. He's got a, a group of professionals. Vance Joseph is basically going to be the head coach of the defense, um, and uh, and I think Arizona is probably going to be an improved team. Yeah, I, so I don't think it would be them. That would be one of the craziest stories in sports if it happened again. Yeah. So that leaves the 49ers, and I guess it depends on how Garoppolo comes back. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and, and whether he's healthy enough. Now, they the way they structured that contract, from what I remember, uh, they, they do have some outs out of it, right? Like, I mean, they're not totally committed to him in the way that, say, Minnesota committed to Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I could see some scenario there. Uh, but it's been sort of hard to figure out what the hell the Niners have been doing the last few yeah. years. I didn't, I, anyway. I, didn't re- I didn't realize how team-friendly that contract is. Um, this year, uh, so next year, if they wanted to get out from underneath it, um, it would only cost them $4.2 million. So if he's not good this year and they're not good, um, they can get out of that contract pretty easily. But, man, the NFL runs such a scam with these contracts. Oh, it's it's a, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Well, um, it's also crazy because the reporters don't make the distinction, right? So mm-hmm. they just talk about what the what the money is and not right. the guaranteed money, and, and, which and, ultimately and, and, and is the, what the, matters. The, the, the top line number on Spotrack is five years, $137.5 million. Right. Like, I mean, wow. Just, Holy yeah. crap. And then you look at it and go, oh, they can cut him in year three for $4.2 million. And it's right. like, well, well, hang on a second. How, how valuable was this contract really? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 not. And so, all right. So we go through it. So in the NFC, I, I, mm-hmm. we we went through our top two in the AFC. Who would yeah. be your top two in the NFC? Um, we 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 kind of talked ourselves into Detroit a little bit, didn't we? I would say the Giants, and would it be Detroit? And and probably Tampa. I'd say Detroit. I'd I'd say the Giants and Tampa are my top two. With with yeah, with, I, with San Francisco. Um, yeah, I think maybe Washington right around there because if Washington's truly a tire fire, they could be there. Um, and and Detroit, um, if it goes that poorly in Detroit, I think they figure out a way to get off of Stafford, and maybe trade him to another team, and then and then and then take Tua. So I, I would I would make that my top three with the Giants and Tampa, the top two. So we're really talking about seven teams or mm-hmm. so, and and so if that's all it is, I guess take, scrolling this back to the Dolphins, you know, if they could potentially be. You know, knowing their luck, they'll end up with the ninth pick, right? But like, if they could be in that sort of bottom five, how many elite quarterbacks are we talking about in this draft, right? Just off the top, because mm-hmm. you know, you know how guys get projected up. We talked about this uh, before this draft, right? Nobody was saying Kyler Murray was the number one overall pick. No one was saying you know, Jones. No one was saying you know Daniel Jones. So 
at this point, I mean, you already have, is it three that we're saying that are definite top 10 picks unless something goes completely wrong for them this yeah, year? Yeah, I mean, I remember when Herbert I, and Fromm. Yeah, I remember when Matt Barkley was one of these guys and then he had a terrible season the next year at USC. But yeah, I mean, barring something unforeseen, you'd imagine from uh, Herbert, and um and and two and two are at the top right. So I mean the Dolphins are going to be in position. I mean mm-hmm. based on how many teams because I just think there are too many teams that either there's just too much talent on the roster or they just have a quarterback situation they're not going to want to get out of right away. And mm-hmm. because the only way you can't as an existing general manager unless you just like Steve Kime in Arizona changed everything else, it's very difficult for you to be able to say eh the guy we just took not feeling them anymore right like it's just i mean what what happened in arizona like that never happens like that 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 never happens and the dolphins may benefit from it we'll see what what goes on with rosen who by the way we didn't really get into it on this pod but i thought handled himself extremely well the other day um it's frightening that he cares about the environment i think that's a serious character (laughs) issue and and that he and that he he studies the stock market because i mean why would anybody want to actually you know have investments that grow um, so these are serious, serious concerns about him. I mean, similar to the Tyreek Hill concerns. I mean, right on par with them. So I'm glad that our excellent beat writers have pointed these things out. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I thought he handled himself uh, really yeah, well. So I guess, and, the- and I enjoyed as well the 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 introspection and and the self awareness, um, and also the context. I think a lot of people are holding that I don't need football thing against him. Um, and that had some important context. Like I, I, I normally think when athletes say I was taken out of context, it's code for I screwed up and here, and I'm going to try and I'm going to blame the media because that's a thing that the people that are hearing this are kind of inclined to believe, right? I think the media get blamed for directly quoting people all the time. In this case, yeah. I do think that there was valuable context. What he's basically saying was I was having a con- I was having a conversation with some teammates and, uh, they were talking about where they came from. And I said, I don't need football because I come from a much better situation. Um, if, you know, I, I decided to pursue a four-year degree here at UCLA and uh, go into another field, um, my parents could support me. My parents could figure out a way uh, for, for me to enter the real world. And I could live a perfectly normal and reasonable life, and I don't need this. Whereas a lot of people who go, to, go and play college football are doing so because they need it. They need it to, uh, es- you know, to escape and to fix uh, their family situations in a way that I think is pre- pretty clearly told in the stories of a lot of players. Um, I mean, we've we've had uh, Jakeem Grant on this podcast talk about you know his story growing up and 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 how much that's important to him. So I mean. That story has been told a thousand times in sports. What you don't really hear the story of is, well, there's this, you know, entitled rich kid who grew up and figured out, uh, you know, and and it kind of flaunted it a little bit. But that's not really flaunting. That's just sort of accurately depicting what his life was. And that that's not nearly as inspirational a story, but it's also a correct one. I think the one thing, too, and, and you mentioned when he was drafted or when he was traded for that, at the very least, he'll be more interesting. I think he also um, regrets the fact that he was a freshman at UCLA, uh, kind of took that in a little bit, was ready to be interesting. And I think in a Johnny Manziel kind of way, although obviously that didn't go nearly as pear-shaped, um, I, I, I do think that he... Um, has realized, oh, I needn't be so interesting in public because it gets me in trouble. And I think he now re- recognizes with the value of experience. We've also mentioned the fact on this pod uh, that he is older or he's younger uh, than some people that may surprise you. Um, but in his older age, such that it is, um, he is starting to to realize maybe saying interesting things and being interesting in public is not in my best interest. I, I thought he handled himself really well. 
Maybe he is the quarterback of the future. Maybe he, maybe they do win nine games this year. Who knows? Take themselves completely out of this thing. And then in three years, you and everybody else are regretting it because we had that one Gus Farratt like Chad Pennington, like season from Josh Rosen, where they caught lightning in a bottle. But I think the dolphins have done enough to sabotage themselves, you know, at certain positions. I mean, they have what five defensive backs on the roster that are playable and probably maybe one and a half offensive linemen that are playable. So he's probably going to get killed by week seven. So it's not going to matter, but I did think he handled himself uh, well. Anyway, we'll get into more of this. I've got a couple of guests we want to bring on to talk some more dolphins here over the next couple of weeks. Also going to get back into the NBA again, check out the website, five reasons, Thank you for listening to the Fire in the Podcast. Thank you so much. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.